Hi, I'm JD. I'm Peterson. This is Spencer. And we're the 3-Bit Gamer Show, where we fight about video games. No, we don't. Yeah, we really do. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at 3-Bit Gamer Show. Pants are optional. Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Nucleus allows you to connect with the people you love, whether they're downstairs or across the country. Learn more at NucleusLife.com. Uh, this is the Let's Go Eat Show double shot. We are sitting right now in the Cliff Lodge at Snowbird Ski and Summer Resort. I'm uh, Bill Allred. That's Dylan Allred over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the show we do when we don't have a guest. We used to do shows every other week. Now we do them every week, but occasionally schedules don't work out, and so we do a double shot. I, was, I have this notebook here. that I, it's a, I have two notebooks mm-hmm. that I write things in. A large, a fairly large one, and then this small, kind of pocket carry notebook. And I, so, and I was looking through these notes. Oh, you know, some of these notes the, a year ago. So it says June twenty seventh. So that must have been last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I look through some of these notes, and I have no idea what, what the, they are. What the fuck you're talking about? Yeah. Well, read some of them. Well, now, some of them I know. So uh, I, I remember where we were in Mexico. So it kind of comes back to me. Oh, okay. uh, Big anchor to the right, dirt parking lot. Big fishing boats keep going straight for the laundry. Boulevard Josefa, Lava Motica, White, Super Lay Express, too far. That and might, then, and that, then there's another note that, under that that just says, Lucy. If that's anything, it's certainly a lovely poem. Mm-hmm. What are what are our counts? Is that a is that a three five three? No, that's not a it's not a haiku. I oh, don't okay. think. Um, but it's really weird to to go through. You know, so some of it comes back to you, and then some of it. Now, there are a bunch of notes in here about the television show show preacher and uh, about uh, Game of Thrones. But then there are just these little. Oh, here's a quote from last season of Preacher. That I really liked. I worship the god of meat. That's pretty good. That right? is great. Yeah. You don't keep notes, do you? I don't. I think kind of note keeping like that is um, a lost art. I think on my generation, and even even journaling. So you know, so Facebook. You don't do Facebook very much, but no. A thing Facebook has been doing for a couple of years now is uh, shows you this day, right? A year ago. Uh, what Google, pictures? You- Google Photos does that too. Just in pictures. Yeah. What what pictures you did, what what status you posted. And so you can go back and see, you know, if you've been on Facebook for 10 years, you can go back and see what you posted that day or that week mm-hmm. for the last 10 years. Do you, and do you do that? Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, and you tend to go through years as a pattern. So recently I was in Las Vegas, and my This Day in History had two different other Vegas trips mm-hmm. on that same week so recently you were in Vegas. you mean when you were there with me no when no. i was there oh okay uh the time before two weeks right. before that right. i you know i don't know um I, uh, you know why i don't like facebook the main reason there is too much of it there when you go to a facebook page you go what the fuck is all this there's too much stuff there's too many ways to do things there's it's it's not it's not clean it's not simple it's not 
It's cluttered. I don't disagree with you. I think you're absolutely right. I hate that clutter. I go to it, and and not using it very often, I go, I don't really know what's important here, what isn't important. I don't know where to go on it. Um, I mean, I can, uh, and I just don't want to take the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, I could figure it out. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to, I just go, oh, fuck this. Well, and, you know, Facebook used to be much cleaner and simpler, and those of us who have been on it for 10 years or so, kind of every time they added some stupid mm -hmm. thing, we yeah. kind of learned it as mm -hmm. it went. But I can absolutely see somebody coming onto Facebook in the last couple of years and them just going, holy shit. No, I remember, I remember I was on Facebook early, you know, and, uh, and it was pretty, it was okay. It was like, all right, I see how to do this. And, right. added, I, you know, it's pretty simple. You post things and you uh, put pictures and you communicate with your with people through various lists and friend people who follow you. And then, uh, but now it's just like this forest of shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But it's it's uh, it's amazing because it's become a necessary evil for everybody. I mean, certainly in our business, being on Facebook and active is important. That's why I don't do it. it you don't. I know. You should but, give me your password and I'll do it for you. I would let you do that. I mean, what I so what I should do. I've known this for a long time. So I had just a personal page, mm -hmm. not realizing that it had a, a friend limit. And so uh, when I first got onto Facebook, I I just let you know friends of the program, just listeners, be on the on that page, and, and then all of a sudden there was a you know reached the limit five thousand, and you can't do anymore. And somebody says, "Oh well, there's a fan page. You could do a fan page," which I did. Uh, but then that's when I really started losing interest yeah. because it was too much. Once you have to monitor two fucking Facebook pages, yeah. And get so out. and so I uh, I've always meant to go, uh, and I even did it once, uh, posted once, and said, "Okay, people uh, on my personal page uh, who are listeners, I'm going to just start xing you, just getting rid of you. Don't be offended. Just go find the Bill Allred fan page." Yeah. And I started doing that, and then I lost. I just lost the will to do it. <laughs> and the will to live, kind of. Yeah. So if you want to do it, you can. I'll, I'll let you do it. Okay. Uh, if you could clean up. See, I might use my personal page somewhat for just family and things like that. Mm -hmm. I might do that. Mm -hmm. But it's right now it's a cluttered mess of, of uh, people who listen to the show who, aren't, who I have not a great personal contact with. You know, right. So. Right. You're here, still here, looking through your book. Do you have some more? Yeah, sure. Here's another note. Okay. Uh, the Hylozoic Veil, created by Philip Beasley. The Hylozoic Veil. This is an it's an amazing thing, uh, which I don't fully understand, and I wrote this down because I meant to look up more about it. But this guy named Philip Beasley created something called the Hylozoic Veil, and there is a huge example of it in the uh, Leonardo Museum. So you've been in there, right, the Leonardo? Uh, yes. Not not enough. Not recent. I mean, maybe only once or twice. So you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But there are escalators in there uh, because it's a, uh, well, it's a, there are escalators in there. Used to be the Salt Lake uh, Library. Library. Right. Uh, and uh, as you go up the escalators, there's this big, massive, feathery, weird-looking thing ha hanging there. And I always uh, thought, what is, not, what is that thing? It's not really, it doesn't look very good. It's just, bleh. And uh, I was there with uh, my uh, other son, Little Bill, 
at, the, at the Leonardo. We're going up. I said, "What? What is this thing?" He said, "Oh, Dad, that's a Hylozoic veil." You idiot! What's a Hylozoic veil? It's it's interactive with people. Uh, it reacts to people, uh, and it and it lights up and moves and and changes in certain ways. If you stop to look at it. It's three-dimensional? It's, it's almost like a living organism. They're a little part. It kind of reminds me of, a, if you've ever seen a, a, a sensitive plant. Uh, you touch a sensitive plant. Like a Venus flytrap? Well, yeah, but there's, there are things just called sensitive plants where you, you just touch the leaves and they all fold up. Yeah. Yeah. And the Venus flytrap is a kind of a sensitive plant, too. And it's, it's like that, and it has lights on it, and it reacts to people's movement. And, and it's, a, it's, it, it's really weird. Anyway. The Hylozoic veil, and I meant see, I didn't give a very good explanation of it because I meant to look up more about it, and then I made the note and didn't. Well, I'm glad we could take this time to go back and look through some of your other. Well, maybe I'll see. That's what I should do, like once a month. Go back. Go through the this. Go through my two. I have two notebooks. Go through them and say, oh no, no, what, what does this mean? Uh, Stacy Maxwell. Hmm, don't know who that is. Stacy Brewster Maxwell. Stacy, if you're listening, we apologize. Stacy, oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. It's uh, uh, Steve Brewster's uh, daughter, uh, Milk Creek Coffee. Oh, Steve Brewster. Yeah, see, okay. it came back to me. There you go. I'm glad we could help. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, just uh, yeah. I should do this more often. Just look through the books and and then go back and uh, f- figure out what I don't know. Here are notes. Here are some notes about the movie A Christmas Carol. And why are they in here? Uh, okay. Because I did a podcast that right. you uh, hosted. Right. The Talking Film Podcast. Yeah. SaltLakeFilmSociety.org slash Talking Film. The most recent episode, you can hear me talking about musicals with Kurt Bester and some other people. How was that? You know, it was pretty good. I always, I, I think I got a little nervous. Because you were around Kurt Bester? No, because uh, Tori Baker, executive director of the Salt Lake Film Society, is also on the panel. Oh, really? And she's my boss, and so I think I get a little in my own head about, oh, i got to be professional. Or, and, uh, but anyway, it was really interesting, and they, uh, I had a really great idea, and you have to listen to the podcast. for uh, We're talking about mu- making musicals into movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think I, w- I want to see HBO... Buy the rights to the musical Avenue Q. The puppet musical, yeah. And make it a series. Uh, why? Because I think it could be really cool. Well, mm. Either HBO or Adult Swim. Are you just telling, so telling different stories of that? The, peop- the, the puppets? The Avenue Q. Yeah, it would be like, I mean, because it's half people, half puppets. People can move in and out of Avenue Q. It's a, it would be an adult Sesame Street. They're all fucking each other. Mm-hmm. Well, they were doing that on Sesame Street, too. You just didn't, didn't see They it. never talked about it. Sure. You know, I heard an interview uh, yesterday with uh, Giancarlo Esposito. You know who that is? No. Do you know? Do you, do you, oh, you don't watch Breaking Bad, right? Of course I do. Well, it's Gus Fring. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he's on Better Call Saul now, right. too. So Giancarlo Esposito, really interesting guy, as it turns out. Sure. Uh, uh, mother uh, African American, father uh, Italian, in, in, from Italy. You know, born in Italy. He grew up. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito grew up uh, first few years of his life till he was five or eight or nine or something like that in Italy, and then they moved to New York. 
But he was a child actor, too. He was a, he's been acting since he was a kid. His mother was an opera singer. The African-American woman was an opera, opera singer. Wow. Uh, and, and ultimately not a successful opera singer, uh, which, because there's not a lot. Because there are of, two successful opera singers ever. Well, no, there are two African-American there are very rare opportunities, more now, but not very many opportunities for African-American opera singers, sure. women. women. Um, and so that was kind of discouraging for her, and you know, she, so she quit. Anyway, that's where he kind of gets his... Oh, and his dad was a, uh, a, a stagehand, essentially. Cool. And, um, you know, anyway. So he... Uh, Sesame Street. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito... Uh, was on Sesame Street <laughs> when he was 20. He, and he I, and I don't know if it was a recurring character. I didn't quite catch that. Or if it was just a one-off. But he was Big Bird's camp counselor. So Big Bird, you know, goes away to camp and he misses his parents. And he's, you know how Big Bird is. He's a child. Yeah, and then Gus Fring shows up. <laughs> no, Giancarlo Esposito is the camp counselor. And he's... And they played a clip of of the scene, and Big Bird saying, well, well, we're supposed to send postcards home, but I don't know what to write on a postcard. And the camp counselor says, well, just you should just tell your parents how you're feeling. Okay. And tell them you miss them. Oh, I do. I really miss them a lot. But if you can't think of anything, just say... I'm doing fine, and I'll see you soon. Oh, you know, and it was just a really nice little scene. You could tell they were kind of improvising it. And uh, and Giancarlo Esposito, Gus Fring, mm-hmm. said um, uh, it was just incredible to work with uh, Carol Spinney, mm-hmm. who is Big Bird. Right. Said he was so great. Such a good actor. And it was kind of hard at first because I didn't know where to look. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Because it's the puppet, big, big, tall, uh, a guy in a big, tall bird suit. I didn't know where to look. Should I look at his eyes? Should I look? You know, and he's way taller than I am. And he said, then I just figured out the best way to act with him is to listen to his voice. Just listen to his voice and respond to that. <laughs> anyway, Gus Fring, he was, that's a great character. Yeah, I'm a couple episodes behind of uh, Better Call Saul. I think I'm caught up. Uh, you're not going to like... I'm not going to like it. Well, you know, part of the thing about that show is it shouldn't work because you know what happens to all of these characters. Right. You know their you know their outcome. You know that Mike uh what what's Ermin his name? Ermintrout. Trout. Mike Ermintrout, Jonathan Banks. Also a child actor. Oh, was he? Yep. There were I mean black and white films. Of him as a little kid and doing commercials and being really cute, and now he's Mike. You know, you know he's dead. You know, right? right. Walter White's going to kill him. Yeah, because because if you wa- you know, and I'm spoiler alert, but yeah. but it's not really a spoiler alert. If you're watching Better Call Saul, well, maybe you could. I bet you could be watching it and not have seen Breaking Bad and still like it. My mom is. Yeah. So I'm sorry to tell you that he gets killed, but he won't get killed in Better Call Saul. No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine, but ultimately, in, in the other series, he he, he gets it. Uh, anyway, um, what was I going to say about that? Uh, oh, that's the sad thing about the show, but is that you know where everybody's going to turn turn out. Yeah, 
And uh, this episode, it's a big, big, big indicator of why Jimmy McGill is is Saul Goodman. Cool. You know, why he is Saul Goodman. Okay. Well, don't tell me anymore. Okay. And, uh, uh, oh, and the, then the John Carlo Esposito uh, interview, he was ta- they talked about his death scene in uh, Breaking Bad mm-hmm. where he gets blown up. Yeah, one yeah. of the best death scenes in TV history. Yeah, and uh, maybe in any history, uh, movies or TV yeah. or anything. He, 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 essentially, the scene is uh, he, he gets blown up, but there's a huge explosion, and he comes walking out of the room where the explosion is, and you think, well, how could he have survived that? Right. Well, you see the left side of his face. He walks out. The camera's showing him from the left, and he looks normal. And he adjusts his tie. And he adjusts his tie, and then he kind of falls and shows you the right side of his body, which is just blown off. The whole right side just, of his just, body is gone. There's no skin or there's nothing. He had just a, he'd had just a moment to kind of walk, adjust his tie, and then that was it. So cool. Brilliant. Yep. You know when fast food restaurants roll out a new menu item you love, then take it away, and you realize you miss a sandwich more than anyone you've ever dated? Well, we're like that, but a video game podcast. We're the 3-Bit Gamer Show. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and download our show on iTunes and Google Play. It's time for technology to give you more family time, not less. Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Call from room to room or home to home with no monthly fees. No more yelling up and downstairs and no more struggling to set up Skype calls with grandma and grandpa. Nucleus is available today at NucleusLife.com. Use code GOEAT to get a special discount. Uh, so anyway, what else? Um, so a couple of... We- I have a couple of questions about past Let's Go Eat shows. If you, by the way, I just want everybody to know, this is the laziest Let's Go Eat show we've ever done. Mm-hmm. We're in big lounge chairs in the lobby of the Cliff Lodge. We both have our feet up. Bill's drinking a cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think we should maybe do more like this. Anyway, uh, I, so you can choose what we do. We have, uh, uh, I want to talk about a couple of subjects of the last few episodes. Or uh, we can talk about breakfast. Well, we can talk about both of them. Start, just do what you want. So what do you want to talk about? Well, it, uh, okay, I want to talk to you about religion. That was that's not has nothing to do with what you just said. Yeah, it does. Okay, I feel like the last f- several episodes of the Let's Go Eat show, maybe starting with Lindsay Hansen Park, uh, there has been a kind of religious theme through a lot of the episodes. Hmm, maybe. Are, are you are you are you having some kind of um, no internal no 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 if if there's any religious theme in there it's just because of the guests and no you mean you mean some oh well maybe it's well, time for me to turn back to no, the Lord no but maybe some thoughts about Mortality? being culturally Mormon oh. Or um, oh no, just that—that that was pretty. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, you talked about it a lot. Yeah, and I thought it was quite, quite interesting. And uh, uh, that Lindsay Hansen Park talked about it, uh, being a religious Mormon or being a cultural Mormon, and you know, I just thought that was interesting. But mm. no, I mean, you certainly see that with in the Jewish faith, right? People, I mean, atheist Jews who are still culturally Jewish. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, but no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, 
turning back to the Lord or anything like that. Right. Well, I knew that. Okay. And then I just wanted to, didn't know if you had some turmoil about your cultural heritage more than religion. Mm, no, not so much. Okay. And then uh, art. We've been talking to a lot of uh, performers. Are you, are you jonesing for the stage? Uh, n- not any more than usual. Um, maybe even less than usual. Uh, it's because it's really hard to do when, uh, you know, when I'm doing a radio show. Morning radio show. Yeah, yeah and then I have to try and do a play at night. Um, and it's just takes more, maybe it takes, it takes more energy. I don't have as much energy as I had a while ago because of surgeries and, um, and I, you know, I'm just, ha- I have a problem with my foot and then it's just hard. It's harder for me to walk. It's harder. Uh, and I work on that and it's physical therapy and it, and it will get a certain amount better, but I, my stamina isn't really good right now. So no, but I am doing a play. Uh, let me see. It's in November, but it's really easy. It's very, <laughs> I'm doing the play in November, but it's the University of Utah, yeah. and it's uh, it's one of the it's a show where you show up and you go on stage and they hand you the script that you've never seen before, and then you perform it. And we're not sure if you perform it by yourself or if you perform it with other actors. No, I'm j- it's just myself. I found that out. November fourth, it's called White Rabbit, Bl- uh, Red Rabbit, White Rabbit, Red Rabbit, or Red Rabbit, White Rabbit. Uh, you can. Um, you can find out about it if you go to, um, I don't I don't know, King, uh, look at the Kingsbury Hall. That's where it's going to be, up on the oh, U campus. Okay. So Kingsbury Hall will have a schedule of performances. Uh, it, I will be the only performer on the 4th. Now, there are several performances of, the, of this play, White Rabbit, Red Rabbit, uh, maybe five or six others. I'm the first. And it's but it's every night it's with a uh, a different person. Is um, it the same script? Same. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I think nobody knows. Uh, they uh, well, be- somebody knows because what happens? You arrive at the theater. I'm supposed to get to the theater half an hour before showtime. They give me an envelope with a script in it. I and I think I can look at it in that brief time before the before curtain. Um. And then you go out on stage and you do whatever it is. Written by an Iranian uh, playwright. And it's about... Uh, it ha- apparently it's about free speech and uh, free expression of ideas. That's pretty much all I know about it. But if you want to support... Well, support the show, but come and see me. Down, You know, Kingsbury Hall is a big pretty big venue it is. and if i'm looking out oh, here's the information about it if i'm looking out there uh, out into an empty theater it's not going to be happy uh this is what i get from uh, the woman who contacted me from uh, from the woman who contacted me about it uh white rabbit red rabbit thank you all for joining us uh here are a couple of things um White well, she ra- probably just tells of, you the stuff you said. Yeah, no, no. It's uh, there was a bunch of stuff there about my comp tickets and uh, uh, White Rabbit, Red Rabbit is part of a new series of performances we're doing this year. Uh, we're calling it Stage Door. Patrons will enter through the stage door, 
So if you have tickets, you'll enter through the stage door, go down into the basement of the Kingsbury Hall, and the performance is in the rehearsal studio. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so I don't have to fill oh, up the theater. Good. Oh, oh. As a matter of fact, it's even... Uh, this is an intimate theater. Oh, so only 80 seats are available. Oh, thank God. For each performance. I thought I was going to have to fill up the whole fucking Kingsbury. I'm going to look up into the balcony and see every... You know, I'd one have guy to, up there? Yeah. No, I'd have to get every single person who listens to the Radio from Hell show, plus every person who's ever listened to the Radio from Hell show there. Um, so, yeah, it's down. It's in the reper- rehearsal performance area. Um, let's see. Uh, tickets are $20 uh, for the general public, $5 for you students, $10 for all other students. Um, that's basically what it... But oh, this is not the email where it tells me where much about where it, what it's about. Oh, here's some more. Um, you want to hear more? Yes, sure. I'm the only performer on the fourth, November fourth. Uh, this there are a couple of points in the script where oh, maybe this will scare people. People get pulled out of the audience to interact with me. There aren't any other specific actors or performers for that night. Uh, the woman who contacted me said, don't, don't Google too much about this. Um, just, uh, just, just come in. Up. Just show up and do it. Have you Googled too much? Have you Googled no. it? No. Other than to f- find out, or maybe she sent me this, that it's an Iranian playwright. Mm. And it kind of has to do with issues of freedom of expression. So, Hope it's in English. Uh, and I didn't tell you where to get tickets or anything. But if you just... White Kingsbury Rabbit, Hall. Red Rabbit, Salt Lake, or Kingsbury Hall. There you go. Okay. Uh, anything else before we wrap up here? Any any guests we're excited to talk to coming up? Uh, anything? Anything? Well, I have like a that? I have a whole list of people to talk to, which I keep meaning to give to you. Uh, we want to get Spencer Cox on the show as soon as we can. But anybody, any of you would like to hear on the um, Let's Go Eat Show podcast? Let us know. Uh, you can contact us. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Bill at x96.com, Dylan at theletsgoeatshow.com. And uh, let us know uh, if maybe you have questions, subjects you'd like to hear Bill's opinion on for a (laughs) double shot episode. (laughs) Uh, Anything like that. Would you like to hear my opinion on any? I have an opinion on everything. He does. but, But, you know, it's just my opinion. And really, the... The old saying is true. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And they stink. Well, not mine. It smells like roses. You mean my opinion or my asshole? Because my asshole smells like roses. My opinion stinks. Yeah, I meant your opinion. Okay. All right. Is that it? it? Yeah. All right. That's the Let's uh, Go Eat Show double shot. Uh, That's Dylan Allred over there. Hi. I'm Bill Allred over here. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always, always, without fail, don't you dare try to short me on my liquor. Make mine a double. Broadway Media Podcast Network. 